1: Oh, Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the
2: spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Tuesday, March the 17th, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first of two shows this week. That's right, two shows this week. I'll explain what's the deal with that in just a few moments. But first, before we get going, I want to. Uh, Say happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone in our audience here tonight. Uh, and thank you for tuning in on the St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people had asked me, why would you do a show on St. Patrick's Day? Because you usually stay away from days when people might be out and about or doing something else, you know. And I said, well, here's the thing. And, you know, anybody that knows people that go out on St. Patrick's Day or have gone on on St. Patrick's Day themselves, sometimes, you know, it, it, it can vary how much you do on St. Patrick's Day or how much anybody you know does on St. Patrick's Day. Now, sometimes St. Patrick's Day falls on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and, you know, that means that I, I tend to find that if St. Patrick's Day falls in the beginning of the week, that most people celebrate it on the weekend. Like all of us here in the in, in Central New York, we have a big St. Patrick's Day parade. So you know, usually the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day, especially falls in the beginning of the, the upcoming week, is usually like the big St. Patrick's Day celebration. Uh, that doesn't that is not to say that people still don't go out on St. Patrick's Day. It's just that if they do, it's not as big of a celebration. You know, they might go out after work for happy hour and then come home, and it's a it's it's a, it's a you know, very much the same night that they go through every week, every day um, or during the week, you know. Um, it's that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I guess it ebbs and flows. It, it depends. I've found that when St. Patrick's Day falls maybe towards the end of the week, maybe Thursday or Friday, especially Friday because obviously at the weekend. But if it falls on like a Thursday – then I find that it ends up being a bigger deal on the actual day because people know maybe they can take Friday off or whatever, and they only, or they only have one day left of the work week. And when it's in the beginning of the week, you, you're going to find a lot of people go and celebrate it, especially if they have a big parade in their area like we do, the Saturday before that's what you're going to find, and that's what happens around here. And, yeah, people will still go out on the actual day, but like I said, you know, they'll go maybe for happy hour or something, and, you know, by the time 6, 7, eight o'clock rolls around, they're back at home, and it's like a normal night for them, you know, normal work night for them. So, I think, again, it depends, but you know what? I made a judgment call. I didn't see any reason not to have a show tonight. Um, and we kind of had to because of the way the schedule with the, with the tournament, NCAA tournament and everything, we kind of had to do this. Um, and, again, I didn't see any reason not to. So, you know, if you're out and about, but those, of our, those of our audience members that are not able to listen live tonight we're listening to this archive, we thank you. Um, for those of you that are listening live tonight, happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope you enjoyed your celebration whenever it was, this past weekend, today, maybe even You know, maybe even later tonight if you choose to go out later. I don't know. But I hope you enjoyed your St. Patrick's Day celebration whenever you've had it. Or if you plan to have it later tonight, I hope you enjoy it. Um, So say that right off the top. And also I want to, as usual, at the top of the show here, remind you all of the ways in which you can interact and contribute with us during our show. You can do so by emailing us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. And please, as we always ask, in the subject line of your email, please label it as to what it's for, um, if it's feedback or something related to a topic or segment on the show, or if it's simply reacting to something one of us on the show. So just give us some idea of what your email is about. helps us out. We really do appreciate that. You can also follow us and tweet us, at ITSpotlightBG. Again, it's at ITSpotlightBG. That's my Twitter handle as well as the show's. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight. Again, it's hashtag Spotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. And for our special show here tonight, our NCAA Tournament Preview Show, we have another hashtag for tonight, and that is hashtag ITSNCAATourney. It's hashtag ITSNCAATourney. So you can use that one as well for our show tonight. Um. Also, you can find us on Facebook to find our fan page. Search for us using our, our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Garner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page, and then go ahead and post whatever you like to post, Twitter, Facebook, or email. Jeff, Dick, and myself take turns looking at them all. Event, we will see whatever it is you posted or sent, I promise you. So don't worry if we don't reply back or use or acknowledge or mention whatever you posted or sent on the show. We just can't possibly reply back or use or mention or acknowledge everything, so don't freak out. I assure you, we, everything that you everything that's posted or sent to us, we have, by whatever means, we do see. All right, um, there is something else I want to mention before I get to the announcement
1: about the second show for this week. But first, I want to bring my co-host on here. Yeah,
0: it's having issues tonight with this. Okay. Apologies,
1: folks. Alright, Mike, you are in the spotlight.
0: Yes, I am in the spotlight. I would have been here on time. However,
3: well I was doing things. Important things. Sure. And stuff. Vague as usual. Well well do you want me to go into details no, as well? No,
2: no, no. Our audience but. already our audience already assumes what you're doing when you mention that. So it's it's all good. <laughs>
3: S- uh, switching cars?
2: Oh. Well, that was not the answer I was expecting, but okay.
3: No, um, no, you were, you were expecting some sort of Michael Bayer efforts, weren't you?
2: Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that was a great sound effect. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, that was a great sound effect. You were that was pretty awesome. You're, you're oh, very we, we, we welcome. Who says we need a soundboard? We can just use Mike. It's all good. Oh,
3: I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you, you really don't pay me enough,
2: but no, I don't pay you at all. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> See,
3: that's the point.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to to introduce also before we get going here the third member of our team who is going to the final four this year. Um, he's gone the last two years, but now he don't have to go anywhere to attend the Final Four. It's in his backyard this year, the Final Four, in Indianapolis this year. It's funny. The Final Four is in Indianapolis, and uh, our area is hosting the Sweet 16 Elite Eight next week for the East region. So it's, this day, we each got something going on. It's kind of cool. But um, he, is, he will be at the Final Four, and it's only like less than 10 minutes away from him. So he's really excited about that. Everybody say hi to
1: Jeff Tex.
3: If Jeff Tech, who is, of course, our technical guru, if he were an explosion, he would be the type of explosion that Michael Bay would be proud of when he's creating an explosion himself in the men's bathroom in terms of being a technical guru in the history of the show.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh.
3: <laughs>
2: wow. That, okay, now you're going a little too over the top. You then, 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 that. then
3: I'm sure Michael Bay will cast me in anything he does.
2: Yeah, but you're not wrong. <laughs>
3: I know. <That's> fine. <laughs> you're, like that. you're really not. That's um, why I want. I wanted to do a realistic one, and then I wanted to do a Michael Bay version.
2: The comparison was right on target. I try. I
3: really, really do.
2: Okay. Um you know, it's, it's, there's, there is something we need to say off the top because um, and there's no easy transition. There's not going to be any easy transition out of this. And, you know, it's, it's something that I never really, I hoped I never would really have to do on this show because obviously you never do. But over the weekend, um, myself and Mike got some news about uh, a person that had appeared on our show. Really once, but a second time uh, under, <laughs> under um, well, I won't say undercover, but he, he pretended to be a listener, and uh, it was actually one of the funnier moments on our show, pretended to be an actual caller that was going to be a serious caller, and he wasn't. I'll I'll mention more about that in a minute. Um for those of you that don't remember or you haven't listened to our show maybe beyond maybe, what, two years, I think, something like that, you won't know who I'm referencing. Um, who I'm referencing is a friend of ours. We went to high school with him. Um, and, and after high school, stayed in touch and even hung around, hung out with him. And his name is uh, Matt. I'm not going to say his last name because um, that's all you knew him is, it was Matt. And he uh, he actually appeared... As as he he listened to the show on our first show, way back on Blog Talk Radio, so if you want to check it out, you're you're welcome to. He called in to He's one of the actual actual only callers that we had on the show that we actually brought on the air. Um, So that, that gives him a very important distinction. And he called in, and it was a prank call, which is why, you know, we always worried about prank calls. And he he said that he complained that we were not talking about porn. And, you know, at that point, I just hung up the call. But it was funny. It's something that when we had our our first anniversary show was one of the things that people voted as a top moment on our show <laughs> and back then, remember it was my first show. I really didn't know how to handle it. I was very awkward about it. Now I would have been, I might've actually had kept them on and kind of kept it going for a little bit. But back then I, you know, I was my, I was the only host and it was awkward and uncomfortable and I wasn't quite sure. I did not know that the person that had called in was somebody that I knew and um, it was, it was Matt. And I, I would find that out months later, months later. And, he would. Uh, it was. I actually found out about right around the time that we started to hang out a little more because we didn't really hang out quite a bit in high school. We we talked and stuff, but we didn't really hang out. So um, anyway, that uh, that year, that around that time, we were hanging out. Um, we were going to do a baseball preview. This was back when we did preview shows for every sport and stuff. And obviously, Mike would not dream of doing the baseball preview show. And I needed somebody to do it. I thought I would work better for co host and he volunteered to do so. He was a, a huge baseball fan. It was a sport. Um, and he um, did a fantastic job, did a very, very good job on the show, um, you know, knew his stuff, and that's why I had him on that particular show. And he listened to the show numerous times over the year, uh, for early years of the show, um, and, and, you know, so he was a contributor early on and then, you know, things happened. I won't, I don't want to get too personal here. Things happened. Um, where, you know, me and him had a kind of a falling out. He kind of cut me off from communication. He cut Mike off and a number of others that we knew off. And, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. We're not going to get into it on in the air, but, um, you know, we we had known before that he had some some things going on, and um, sadly, over the weekend, we found out that he passed away last week. So, and really, just took us all by surprise. And um, I feel like, as, since he did appear on the show, he was a re- listener of the show. Um, obviously, was a contributor. Even for one episode, he was a contributor. I felt like at the top of the show here today that i we should acknowledge um his loss, so um to his family and friends and loved ones, obviously our thoughts, our prayers our condolences and i I pray rest in peace it's it's a very difficult loss, and
1: um he'll be missed, Mike, would you like to add anything
0: uh, yeah, sure, I'm not look,
3: I don't know if it's appropriate to kind of go into circumstances. Uh, But the truth is this. I mean, we all went, me, you, young Justin, Chris, and Matt, among others, we all went to the same high school. Most of us came in at the same time. Chris and Justin came in a few years later. And Matt was a friend. Matt's been a friend of ours uh, for a very long time. He might not have been the closest friend, but he was a friend. We 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 got to know him. We spent time with him. We we shared laughs with him. Told stories with him. He he was a friend. Played sports with him. He was not spared uh, in basketball. And Brian 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 knows. How how was your Baja Men's City by the way? Hmm. Uh. It's yeah, bro- right. It's still broken.
1: It is. It is.
3: That, that, that's actually, a story. I
2: think I, actually think I got another copy because I still have it. I think somewhere.
3: Uh, well, that, that was a wedding present, but now it's not. Um, but I guess I, I guess that's a story for another day. Um, but he was a friend, and uh, obviously, you know, when college happened, you know, we all kind of went our separate ways a little bit. We all stayed in touch. Uh, And, you know, Matt came back. You know, he was going over to... He was going to the local college for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, you know, he came back and we got to spend more time with him. We got to, you know, share more laughs, share more experiences. And then, you know, there was falling out. You know, I wasn't involved in the falling out. but, But, you know, he... And I hate saying you know a few times, so many times. So I apologize for that. But he went his he went his own way. He had a plan, and you know, and and he moved away. So you know, we lost touch, which which hurts because he was a friend. And then we got horrible, horrible news. I found out about it Friday. You know, other people knew about it a little early in the week, but I found out about it Friday, and I heard about circumstances, and you know, that was going through some st- some things. He was going through some uh, mm-hmm. some things apparently, and you know, um, truth is this: if you're going through any mental health issue, and it and and it wasn't a mental health issue, but maybe oh, it was. But if you're you have any any issue, talk to somebody, talk to a friend, reach out, reach out because you know your friends are there, you have
0: support. Reach out, you know, because they'll you're not a burden.
3: Just so you know, you're not a burden. Reach out, get help. You know, and I'll I'll miss Matt. I will. Wow. He had his he had his faults. God bless him. He had his faults, but
0: mm-hmm.
3: and you <laughs> and I talked about it at a, nauseum. Yeah, we did <laughs> a few times, but mm-hmm. you know, he was a, he, in the end, he was a friend, and I'm going to miss him. So, you know, condolences to his his sister and his his
0: mom and dad and his family. And um
1: you know, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Well said. Um, okay.
2: Now on to the announcement that um, Sir is going to swerve many. We are going to do a second show this week. Don't worry, Mike, you're not going to be responsible. <laughs> Here's the thing. Over the last couple of years, we tried to fit in everything we had to do with the NCAA tournament and then tried to fit in a box office beat in the same night. It makes no sense. It comes off horribly. Um, and really, this show should just be about the NCAA tournament because that's really all people care about right now. So, here, <clears throat> Pardon me. Here's what's going to happen. We are going to dedicate this entire show, thankfully, the sports world cooperated because there's nothing else to talk about in MLB, NBA, NFL. There's some things, this whole concussion thing. A lot of players, we've we got a couple of early retirements, like players retiring in their 20s. I mean, there's some things to talk about there, but we're not going to do that here tonight. There's something that maybe we'll do a show on later on down the line here. But really, outside of that, there's really nothing else to talk about in the NBA, MLB. Um, like I said, there's a couple of things in the NFL, but we'll leave that alone for now. We're going to dedicate this show tonight to uh, completely to NCAA basketball tournaments, which in some ways got in the way tonight. We all know my feelings on that. To me, it never starts till so Thursday. I, the first four is all cool and all, but just, it just feels weird. It always has. I, I really hate it. <laughs> I kind of do. The only reason why. Although oh, oh, watch... real,
3: real quick, hold on. We have to talk about one important piece of entertainment news. We do because I'm not going to be on that entertainment show Thursday, so I, I have to get this in.
2: Okay. Well we we'll 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 let, okay, we'll give Mike that.
3: <laughs> but let let's do this right now, real quick. Okay. Go ahead. Brian, the biggest piece of entertainment news was that Tommy Wiseau didn't ask me anything on Reddit. <laughs> wait, wait, what? You you know how Reddit sometimes does these ask me anything with whatever stars, mm-hmm. athletes? Tommy Wiseau, writer Producer, star, director. The I don't know. He does a lot of things. Of the room, didn't ask me anything. Mm-hmm. And it's as bad and as entertaining as you really think it. It is. All right. I, I won't say bad, but it is entertaining and informative as you think it is. It is just just amazing. <laughs> And, and I know what I, and I, I know what I'm gonna be looking up, but, but he he intert he, he's doing this, of course, to promote his newest project, which of course is the neighbors, which is his, his, his which is his uh television, which was his television. Um, it's not a temp, but he made it. There's four episodes, and it's available online at Hulu, which we're going to watch. What Friday? I imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're we're gonna watch this. We're we're gonna wait for young Justin and we're gonna watch uh
2: The Neighbors. We gotta get some popcorn for this too, for some refreshment. We do
3: we need a <laughs> ass ton of popcorn for this thing because there are four <laughs> episodes and I heard it is about the same quality of the room. Take I mean, that maybe... Take that for what you will, but but here's the thing. And this amazing ask me at <laughs> any It's just been fantastic. Um, He he confirmed two amazing, amazing things. The first thing is that we may be getting a Room sequel in 3D.
2: Well, I told you about that.
3: You did. But did you know that he is working on a Room prequel as well? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> he is working on a prequel and a sequel to The Room. Now, I, I never imagined this movie as a trilogy, but I, I am actively kind of hoping for it now. Wait,
2: never have I anticipated a prequel more since the, the original Star Wars prequel. Don't let me down, Tommy. <laughs> well, we we can,
3: we can be sure of one thing. The prequel to The Room will, of course, be way better than the Star Wars prequels. From an entertainment standpoint, it will be for sure. And, and I mean, probably I mean, an acting quality standpoint, I, too. Um, Except for oh. Liam. Um, <laughs> except for Liam Neeson, of course. But oh, to yeah. be, just to be honest, and he confirmed that he is working actively on his memoirs. Oh, goodness. That, which he, good. <laughs> which he's also calling the disaster artist. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: that is, uh, I imagine that's a working title.
2: Oh my goodness gracious! Oh my god! Yes,
3: the, the, and I, I'm not even halfway through this. Ask me anything.
2: I, I this, this, like so many things here to look forward to. <laughs> look,
3: honestly, we, we, every, me, you, Justin, we all had a. Well, Justin had a great weekend apparently, but we had a long weekend. Right. Uh for you know, and, and it's not just yeah. the news about Matt. Uh who coincidentally we I found out from the, uh, for, about the room from him. And I still right. have that rift tr- and I still have that rift tracks thing he gave me Which so we're amazing. gonna have, we're gonna have to watch the rift tracks version of the room again sometime. Classic. Like almost Classic. in memory of him.
1: Yeah. But
3: I I'm not even halfway through this. You <laughs> find out
2: so I, much information.
3: I needed this pick-me-up. I think I think we all need the pick-me-up of Tommy yeah. Wiseau doing an Ask Me Anything. And it's it's just what you think.
2: So fascinating. It, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Mike, I mean, geez, breaking the news that we're going to have a prequel and a sequel at the same – oh, my God.
3: A prequel, a sequel – and he's writing his memoirs and it looks and it looks like we
2: might get more of the neighbors. You know so. you know, you know what you know what, Mike? I wonder if he'll be like James Cameron and film out the prequel the sequel, maybe another sequel all at once.
3: <laughs> Honest to God, I think James Cameron's name showed up on this
2: one
3: once or twice. Really?
0: Huh. Yeah, right. so
3: I I I I imagine. He might be thinking <laughs> about doing something like that.
0: Wow oh, Lord. Wow! Oh Lord! Does, does,
2: has Justin been informed of this?
3: Justin I, I did text Justin. Justin is aware of this, but he stopped responding to me. I think I think he was too engrossed. and he asked me anything? I, I'm
2: sure he is.
0: I'm really sure and, he is.
3: And honestly, honestly, Tommy Wiseau confirmed one of the most important facts that yep. the room actually got wrong. I think his favorite pizza. It's not what they said in the room, unless it is. I'm not sure. But it is, in fact, Canadian bacon and pineapple. Oh. oh. That, I, 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 how would anyone, why? <laughs> how would anyone know to put those two things together?
2: Well, you know, we can't figure out his accent either, so you know what?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things there The question. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Um. Oh, my gosh. My mind is blown. I know what I'm doing tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they checking this out. Um,
3: and there's room quotes all over the place. So this is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. I mean, I knew about this potential sequel, but I didn't know about the prequel. That, that, that one's really interesting.
1: Tom, oh, gonna, and, we're gonna... and,
3: and he loves the character of Ricky Rick from The Neighbors, played by him. Oh well. Yes, well, 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 that makes sense. There you go.
2: Of course. Well, that, that, I'm, now, now I'm really glad that you derailed and brought that up because that 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 was worth it. <laughs> that,
3: honestly, that's like the only entertainment news that really matters right now.
2: Pretty much.
0: Um, pretty much.
2: Pretty much. You're not. I, I'm not even lying to you. I mean, I, you know, I follow this stuff. I haven't seen anything worthy of note, in this 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 top this would top it anyway. I would think. So.
3: This, this is this is the only thing worthy of note in the entertainment yeah. world. Tommy Wiseau,
2: and he types exactly how he speaks. <laughs> well, I would be disappointed if he didn't. Yes. Yes, I would be too. So, what you're saying is a translator might be needed.
3: <laughs> I think there is a translator and it's it's pretty much
2: can can some you know what I wanna know and, and I I we gotta get moving but I, I wanna just mention this right now. I wanna know if, if like because I 'cause I don't I, I know what the concept of this that this show he has the neighbors is, I know the concept, I know the information about. I wanna know like is he like referencing obviously I, is he gonna throw in references to the room and is is alien in any way, shape or form involved?
3: I don't think there's an alien. Okay. Um, the only thing, the only reference I know is in the fact that everybody is wearing Tommy Wiseau underwear. Uh, product placement. Oh, of course. And the neighbors relates to American culture, according to YSO. Uh, Much like the room was related to everyday life. So, I don't, I don't even know. I
2: don't even know. It'll be interesting I, to see if you... It'll be interesting to see if every episode carries through their plot threads unlike the movie did. <laughs> uh like the
3: movie did? Um unlike the movie did. Oh well uh, uh
1: um
3: I cannot answer the question yet. We have we, to check We we are out. going to have to watch this. We
2: gotta check that out.
3: No question. I, I have been waiting to watch it with you guys. Just so we're just so we're clear. I am desperate to check that out. Really um Friday, is not right. come soon enough. Friday night, anyway.
2: So back, tying back to what I was going to say, the announcement, um, and which is why Mike had to get the entertainment news out there. He's not he. We're going to do an entertainment show, but let me let me caution you all, okay? We're going to do this Friday morning, and it's going to be Friday morning because the idea is we got to get off before the NCAA tournament. All right. And I'm doing it this way for a reason. I'm doing it this way because, again, I want to try to keep this show. Obviously, now it's about more than the NCAA tournament, but it's going to be the rest of it's going to be about the NCAA tournament. I don't want to do the box office beat tonight. This Friday show is basically we're not going to do TV picks of the week on there either. Okay? We're going to do the box office beat, and then if there's anything entertainment news-wise that we have to go into – we will on that show. It's going to be a short show. It might end up being the shortest show we've ever had in history. The idea is to just get on, do the box office being, and if there's any other news stories we have to cover that have to be covered in entertainment, we will. Nothing sports-related will be covered. I won't talk about anything that's happened in the NCAA tournament since the, you know, we've been on the air. I won't talk about that. We're going to leave it all for next Tuesday. It's just the way we're going to do it this week, okay? It's just the way we're going to do it, and we might do that again next week. Um, last week I didn't have an issue with combining the shows because, you know, we're just doing bubble wash and stuff. It made it was okay. This week, so ultimately what's going to end up happening probably at the end of this is we've only been preempted really once. Um, uh, we we're not going to do a Thursday show. We're going to do a Friday morning show. We'll probably do that next week too. So maybe next week we won't do it in the morning. We'll do it a little bit later because it won't be wall-to-wall games all day next week. So, um, so now... Basically, what I'm telling you all is we're treating this Friday show like football Friday. Um, there's not going to be a set time, although I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's like I said, it's got to be before noon. So it could be at 11, it could be as early as 10. I'm not sure. I'm think personally. I'm thinking 10:30, 11. So go with that. 10:30, 11. I will post on Facebook. I will post on Twitter. Check out our talk shoe main show page uh, Friday morning for information. Uh, you'll see. You, you all know how it works. Whenever I schedule a show, you'll see the clock, countdown clock, upcoming episode thing. But I also, I would also assume that most of you will not listen live. It's not like football Friday, did in the afternoon. I'm gonna guess most of you won't listen live anyway. So, but I'm doing this early enough so that if somebody does want to listen live, plus also watch the tournament games, you can do so. But I'm guessing most of you'll be listening to this on archive, any, that, listening to that episode on archive anyway. So just check it out on archive if you have to, but it will be there. You know, this episode is five fifteen. Number five fifteen. That this episode on Friday will be five sixteen. So you want to look for that with the date for Friday's date, which will be um, March the twentieth. So just look for it. It'll just be an entertainment show, box office beat. There will be no TV or film picks this week. We'll wait till everything's done and over to deal with that again. Just be the box office beat. And again, any important entertainment news or stories that we feel we should cover or that you all submit to me that need to be covered, that will be the show on Friday. Again, right now I'm saying 10.30, 11 o'clock a.m. it will be broadcasting live. So for those who want to listen live, you can do so at that particular time. If not, check it out. Archive will be available about an hour after the show is over. So it will be available by like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you want to check it out, check it out. Um, and that's what we're going to do it this week, and we'll probably do it like that next week too. So, so yeah, so that helps us out with tonight as far as time, because all we have to do is the tournament. Um, which is why we can kind of breathe a little bit and you know, going off off topic a couple of times ain't gonna really hurt us too much here tonight. So alright, so that's the deal. So tonight, all NCAA tournament, Friday, we'll have a special morning show, probably around ten thirty, eleven o'clock AM Eastern Time. Um again, you can check it out on archive later on in that day. And it'll just be the box office, it'll be an all-entertainment show box office be in any, any entertainment news or stories that we have to cover, and that'll be the show. And then next Tuesday, obviously, we'll talk about all the NCAA tournament games that have taken place over the week. You know, the big headlines, the big stories, the best games, best moments. We'll get ahead to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. We'll do all that on next Tuesday's show. So that's what's coming up in the next couple shows. And... It is what it is. So let's get going with what we have to do tonight. Here's the way we're going to do it. The way we always do it is this. When we do these NCAA tournament preview shows, this is the way we always do it. We usually start by giving our a thought on how the committee did, you know, which, who they put in, who they left out, seating, a general overview. And a lot of times that takes up the bulk of this show. It really just depends on the year. Most of it, I mean, since we started this show almost five years ago now, it's taking up the bulk of the show. Tonight, it's not going to do that, and here's why. There aren't that many issues, okay, hot-button issues. I have a few, probably more so than a lot of people do, that we'll talk about, but nothing so earth-shattering that it's going to take up a lot of time, which is a good thing because we want to focus more on... You know, the games. And we're going to do that. So we'll talk about, we'll give our overviews of how the committee did with seating, with who they put in, who they left out, etc. And then we'll go into the brackets. And what we're going to do is we're going to do something different this year because what we used to do is we used to go, you know, game by, you know, we're going to go into the regions and we'll preview the region. And we'll go. We'll look at the region. Go. What matchups we're looking for? What potential matchups we, we'll, what, what potential matchups we look forward to? Kind of give a general overview of what we think about that particular region, how difficult it is, you know, that kind of thing. And then we will pick that region, myself and Mike. And then we will leave it at that, and move on to the next region. We're going to go region by region. That's going to save us some time. We're not going to be going back and forth. It won't be as confusing, that kind of thing. And then obviously the last thing we'll do for each of us will make our final four picks, championship pick, all that good stuff. That way it keeps it nice and organized. It's gonna flow and I think it's gonna go well and I don't and I think I, I just to start us off here. Something I find interesting about this, this year is and I I think I said this to Mike, I said this to Justin off the air too. This bracket to me, this is you know, the last few years especially, I'd have to really, really struggle as I looked at the matchups, especially in the first two rounds. You know, and, and a lot of times you fall into this trap like, oh, there has to be some upsets. You know, you know. This year, you know, I don't see – not to say I don't see upsets, but if I pick an upset, I feel much better about it. Like, I don't see a whole lot of struggle for me anyway, in terms of choosing winners in the first two rounds, there are a few. There always will be a few. But when I sat there and I I looked at the bracket for the first time, just like really just in depth and intently, I realized, like I said, wow, you know what? It's not going to take me as long as it normally would to pick the first maybe day or two of the tournament. Once you get beyond you know, Friday, it gets a little bit murky. But Usually, for me, it was always harder picking the first two days because there's a lot of things you got to think about. you got to think, well, oh, 12-5, you know, 13-4, sometimes it's that 15-2. And, or some, or do you look at it and go, you know what, there's got to be an upset here. And then you're like, oh, well, this team, you know, they haven't been playing well. There was always a lot more. There was a lot of things to consider. While well, this year, a lot of these matchups, and maybe it's because a couple teams got in that probably shouldn't have, a lot of these matchups, you can you can really look at a team in these matchups and go, "That's a good matchup for that team. I'm picking them." There's a lot of that. There's a lot more um, certainty with a lot of these matchups, not and, and not so much gray area. At least for me. Now that could be easy, that could be easy for me to say because I watch a lot of college basketball. Maybe that's why it's easier for me. But I, I'm telling you, I haven't watched any more college basketball this year than I have in the past. And for me, this year I find it at least the first two days is a picks to be somewhat easier, actually more so and somewhat, quite easier than I have in a number of years. What does that say about what the committee did? Well, it could mean that they failed in making compelling matchups. We'll see how that plays out on Thursday and Friday. Um, if you see a lot of blowout games and a lot of games that – you know, maybe not so many upsets or something like that. You know, then we'll say, oh, the community did a cr- crappy job of putting together this bracket. Because that's what they're, that is, a, you know, in addition to being fair about how you see teams and where you put them, and a lot of times you're looking to make compelling matchups. That's a big thing. You want to try to make for a compelling tournament. too. So that is part of the equation people forget about. So that's that's something that, you know, when we look back on this term, we'll say, wow, you know, the committee really didn't do a good job in the early rounds of setting up compelling matchups. We'll see if that's the case. Maybe that's why it's so easy for me to pick some of these games, you know. But I think generally if you look at it, you know, you heard a lot of the pundits out there say the committee did a good job. I think they did. Although I think there's, you know, to me I always nitpick about seating, And I think I say this every year. I go, oh, the committee, yeah, good job but the seating. huh." <laughs> You know, the seeding, for me last year, I thought the seeding was decent. This year, I think it took a, a little bit of a step back. There are a number of teams this year, in my estimation, that were seated very, very badly. Um, you know, I look at it, a team like Texas should not even be in 11. I know that Apple's and orange, oh, they're a power conference, but they shouldn't be. I think Butler's maybe overseeded a little bit. Um, but then again, that's, that's, you know, who knows. Wichita State's definitely under Um Definitely Northern Iowa's definitely under You can tell this committee was an all-power conference type committee. You know, wasn't given, it wasn't in any way, shape, or form interested in giving the benefit of the doubt to the mid-major conferences at all, which is why you saw some of these teams make it, like UCLA, LSU, Ole Miss, that had no business making – I'll get to that in a minute – um but yeah, and, and and you know, even a conference like the Big East I feel got slighted. They but then again they were slighted all season long. Um, you know, to me, um well, Georgetown I think is okay at four. But um uh, Prov- uh, well, Providence is okay at six. Who's the biggest team that I think is a pro has a really
1: big case here? Uh there was a team I'm looking at. Yeah, you know what, I, my problem isn't with the Big East. My problem's with the
2: the Big Ten, actually. Not so much the Big East. Because um, the Big East teams, I think, in some ways, got even more of the benefit of that, which I think they should have. Um, the Big Ten, I thought, really, in some way, shape, or form, got holes down seeding. Um, uh, Maryland was good. Purdue, I thought, was a, a than a nine. Um even though a lot of people, I mean, they were on the bubble for the longest time. I thought Purdue should have been at least a seven. Um, I really, really, really thought Ohio State should have been a little higher, uh, maybe an eight. Um, Michigan State, in no way, is a seven. I don't know if the committee, like, did not bother paying attention to the Big Ten championship game on Sunday. They took Wisconsin in the overtime. And at one point, they had a lead, at, a lead in that game. Michigan State deserved higher than seven. That's a travesty right there. Um, so I think the Big Ten got a little slighted. Uh, Pac-12 got a little bit overrated in terms of seeding, in my p- opinion. Uh, but generally, I think if you look at it, I think in some ways, some of these power conference teams that barely made it, like UCLA, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas, their seeds should have been lower than they were. And I think that's probably the biggest issue with seeding that I have. And the other ones would probably just be nitpicks, like, oh, this, should, this team should have been a three instead of a four. This team should have been an eight instead of a nine. And those kind of things are nitpicking, but they bug me, okay? Everybody knows me, they know they bug me. That kind of thing bugs me. Um, but the bigger seed issues to me were these teams that for the longest time we thought were the last teams in, if they did get in, or even the first four out. They were when UCLA got blown out in their last game in the conference tournament. They did nothing all season. At one point we did say they had a good chance of getting in if they got to the conference championship. They did not do that. And they end up not, – not only in the field, but they end up in 11 seed. Like if they're going to get in the field, you're thinking they're going to be in the playing game. BYU, who we all thought was firmly in the field, ends up in a playing game when UCLA if they got made the field, should have been in that game. And I just don't understand it. all. and and, and the explanation that we were given was, well, they were picking up steam late in the year. That doesn't matter. They didn't what well, what is picking up steam? And and we all know, we all complain about the the damn eye test We all do that. But they didn't even look good. Even if you go with the eye test, they didn't even look good in their last game. They got destroyed in that game. UCLA hasn't looked that good for the most part for the last few weeks. We're this picking up steam crap.
3: Brian, 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 real quick. You mm-hmm. know when analysts say, oh, well, the eye test says, you know it's just a, a BS excuse for saying, hey, I'm an analyst. I get paid to do it, and you should listen to what I say. And mm-hmm. I think they look pretty good. It's an opinion. And, it, and and to be fair, my favorite moment, my favorite eye test moment was regarding UCLA where Doug Gottlieb, I think it was Doug Gottlieb, said the eye test says the UCLA is terrible. And the chair of the committee said, well, our eye test said that, that they did good enough. So I think the funniest part is that is that exchange illustrated why you cannot possibly use the eye test as a criterion for you know selection mm-hmm. there's right. no way because one person think oh well, UCLA looks good and other people like oh UCLA looks bad truth is right. UCLA hasn't been good since I don't know last season and even that I'm not quite sure. Right. UCLA's been pretty borderline for a while. They've been this is not their year. They've been crappy. And that's not an eye test thing. The numbers back it up. And and you brought up an important point. The eye test says they looked good in the game where they got utterly blown out in. Utterly blown out. Look. I could say, "Hey, the Longwood Lancers <laughs> they ride them hard and they penetrate well. The <laughs> Longwood <with> Lancers. <laughs> they didn't have a great year. Their, their their defense got penetrated more than they penetrated defenses, but there are times when they looked like a tournament team. Like they could, they could break into the tournament and then just go hard. And deep into the tournament, there are times when that is what was the case. However, they they just didn't have enough Viagra for it. They just didn't. So that's the thing. There are times where the eye test said, "Oh, Longwood is the tournament team." Well, Longwood went like eight and twenty. So there are times yes, the eye said they it looks like a team. They're eight and twenty and they lost all their major games. Right. They're gonna need some serious CLS to even penetrate that little okay.
1: uh oh, tournament. Right.
3: you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so the I test is complete and utter bull bull crap. It's that. Mm-hmm. And, it, mm-hmm. and if any any analyst that says eye test, you should immediately discredit them. Except for Jay Billis.
2: See, here, here, and here's my, and here's, the, and I, I told you this on Sunday when we were watching the brackets come out. My issue with the eye test is, other than the fact, that, look, we all know subjectivity comes into play. Whether you just, whether you have an eye test criteria or not, okay? We can all look at somebody's wins and losses on a season. We can look at their entire season, and what might be a good win to somebody, even, even you know, whether they're ranked or not, whatever. We can judge wins and losses differently. We all can. Like, I can sit there and go, well, you know what? Uh, you know, Georgia beat it. Uh, uh, Arkansas beating Georgia is a good win. I can say that. Doesn't mean it's right, but that's my opinion. Well, cause, and why would I say, well, George, you know, Georgia ended up in the field. It counts as a good win. And that seemed to be a big thing this year was wins against the field. That was a big determining factor. And, and, and that's what I'm saying, you know, but there's a lot of people, probably Mike included, would say, well, wait a minute, George, this hasn't even been in the field. So how does that count as a good win? That's what I'm saying. Subjectivity will always be there, whether you have the eye test or not. I'm okay with subjectivity in terms of how we view a win or a loss, you know, as, in terms of the actual, like, you know, you beat this team or you lost to this team. How how should we view that? Was that a good loss? Was that a good win? In your estimation. That's fine to me. I am not into looking at a team within their win or within their loss and saying, well, they look like an NCAA tournament team. No. Because that no. Because any team in college basketball division one on on one particular given day, that's the one time you watch that team, that one time they could look like an NCAA tournament team. You know how many people show up at, to Midnight Madness at their respective university and say, your team looks like a tournament team? You know how many people say that? Do they end up actually becoming one? That's a, That you don't know. Some do, some don't, obviously. Any team can look good on any given day. That's the whole base of this tournament. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day. The idea is, as the committee, you're supposed to look at the whole picture, the whole
1: list of wins and losses, the statistics. Who did they play? Who did they beat? What was their strength of
2: schedule? Did they try to play people? Win versus the field, whatever you want. That kind of stuff is what you use to measure who makes the tournament. Period. You don't look at, well, duh, you know, last week I went and saw LSU and, boy, they look good. I know they got beat by Kentucky by 30, but, you know, what? boy, they look good there, though. You know, it's that Kentucky's that good. You know, they that Kentucky's that good. We shouldn't penalize LSU for that. Yeah, we should because that was
1: just one game. They had opportunities to win other games that could have qualified them for the field. They didn't.
2: It's not just that they played well against, you know, in your estimation, if it wasn't Kentucky, you know, if Kentucky wasn't so good, they would have done. No. No.
1: No, we don't. There's no moral victories here. You either won the game or you didn't. We don't go, well, you lost the game by one point. I feel bad, put you in the tournament. No. No.
2: Because you know how many teams out there we could put in the tournament on that basis alone? No, the fact of the matter is, and I found this out, and I think Mike would agree with me on this. Over the years, when you've seen the eye test, it's usually related to some power conference teams that you know either didn't play a good schedule that year, non-conference or conference, and and you know are struggling, are struggling, and it and you know there's this. I'm not gonna say it's an agenda. Okay, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I don't know. But for whatever reason, you see the ITs always come up against these power conference teams that are in weak conferences or haven't played good schedules, and it's like, well, you know what? This, they look like an NCAA tournament team. They look like it, so we should take them. We shouldn't fault them for their schedule. But then you turn around, and if a mid-major team gets in, you complain, well, they didn't play a good schedule. But it was okay for the power conference team
1: that didn't play a good schedule to get in because of the eye test. That's the problem here. The criteria should not involve
2: any sort of, well, you look good in your loss, or you look good in your in, in a win against a crappy team. should not include any of that. Nothing about looking good or bad should be encountered here. It should be a simply about wins, losses, strength of schedule, and... Especially in and you know the, the overriding wins versus the field. Once you figure out you know who potentially could be in the field, that should be what should be what it's about. And when you do that, you find out who really
1: belongs. You really do. I'd rather take that mid-major team. That mid-major team that might have had one win versus the field. than that overrated power conference team that simply looked good losing by 30 to a team like Kentucky. You want to know why?
2: Because that little mid-major team doesn't get played by anybody. They have a hard time scheduling the good teams, the power conference team, because the power conference teams don't want to play them. They only have maybe once, one, one or two chances a year if they're lucky to show the world that they can beat a team that potentially can get to the NCAA tournament, a power conference team. And if they had that one opportunity and they won that game, then they've proven to me. And you know I know something. If you got teams like this year's LSU or this year's um, Ole Miss or even this year's UCLA – That power conference team that would win one game against the field or one game against a power conference team, that's
1: one more win than any of them have. And that is why I would take that team, because they made the most of that
2: one chance. And and it's not even about that they look good in doing it. They won the game. If they won that one game... And that was their only chance. And they did very well with the games that they had. I take them. Rather than these teams, these power conference teams, even if they play a soft schedule, you know, the opportunities they had, they they still get opportunities in good teams. They didn't take them. They didn't utilize them. They didn't win enough of those games. They still get more opportunities in the small small team, the small mid-major team. They still get opportunities. More than more than that team, that small mid-major team. they should get plenty more opportunities, even with an unbalanced, soft schedule. And if they don't make the most of those opportunities, and on top of that, they don't do well in their conference, they have a really crappy record, conference and non-conference-wise, I would not take them. You have to make the most of your opportunities. If you don't, then why are we taking you? Because you're in the Big 12 or you're in the SEC, and we're supposed to? No. LSU, Ole Miss did nothing this year. UCLA did beat one or two teams, but even they shouldn't be in the field. Now, we've been preaching for weeks about Texas, how they shouldn't be in the field. But you want to know something? I take Texas before UCLA because at least they played in a a good conference this year. And that's a lot because I don't think we should have taken Texas, but I don't know who else we should have put in. I know who I would pull out. I would pull out Ole Miss and LSU immediately.
1: I would have put Murray State in and Old Dominion. I would have pulled UCLA out in favor of Miami because Miami
2: had one of the best best road wins of the season. Not
1: only did they beat Duke at Cameron, they crushed Duke at Cameron. No other team did that. But we don't reward that. We'd rather reward LSU and Ole Miss for sucking up most of the year and not beating a single team of note. I would take Tulsa before I take LSU or Ole Miss. And Tulsa really shouldn't even get in. But it's the truth. Because the American was better than the SEC. It's a joke. That Miami is sitting in the NIT After all they did, at least they took Indiana. Thank God they took Indiana. That Illinois is sitting at home after what they did. And yeah, I know they played horribly down the stretch. But so did UCLA, and they're sitting in the tournament. So did LSU and Ole Miss, but they're sitting in the tournament. So that clearly wasn't part of the, the issue. Illinois...
2: Easily had more quality wins. Miami, easily had more quality wins. than
1: LSU, Ole Miss, and UCLA combined, both teams. And they're in the NIT. Murray State, phenomenal year. Didn't lose a game in their conference, a championship game in their conference tournament, they lost by one. Played as good of a non-conference schedule as they could potentially play, because it's Murray State. They're sitting at home.
2: Old Dominion played as good of a non-conference schedule as they could potentially
1: play. They're sitting at home. I don't understand it either. And even if we bring the stupid eye test into it, those teams I just mentioned that are sitting at home or in the NIT are better than the
2: teams they put in. And believe me, I watched enough of them. I watched all of them.
1: They're better. And not only did they back it up with how they looked, they backed it up with their wins and their losses.
2: So tell me why we can't reverse this. Tell me why this, what the, the right teams didn't make it. And I understand that every year we're going to have this issue. One or two teams left out, blah, 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 blah. And this year was a soft bubble. And I'm telling, And Jay Billis was right about this. It was a horrible bubble this year. A really horrible bubble.
1: Maybe that's maybe that's
2: the excuse. The community just didn't care. They stuck in whoever they felt like sticking in. I know they like Steve Alford, who coaches UCLA. They always like Steve Alford. Anytime they put his teams in, they overrank the teams. So maybe that's why
1: UCLA made it. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, rewarding mediocrity in a power conference, to me, while good teams whether in a
2: power conference or not, are sitting at home and meet this, all the so-called criteria that you use in putting them in, including the so-called eye test, to me, is ridiculous. When teams are sitting in the NIT or sitting at home in favor of teams that had no business being in the tournament, and, and these teams that are sitting in the NIT are teams that met every so-called criteria you have, even the absurd eye test. How? Tell me. How is that possible? How, how, how do you justify that when they met your criteria? We don't have enough spots? Well, you use them spots on teams that didn't deserve it. So that that so shoots that out the window. And I know it's subjective, but when you sit there and say, well, UCLA was was steaming forward. Oh, yeah, they were steaming forward. They looked in that game when they got blown out in the, in the Pac-12 tournament. They really looked at it
3: i right, let, let me let me stop you for a second. Go
2: ahead, yeah, go ahead, please.
3: Let, let, let's look over UCLA's schedule because when you consider LSU and Ole Miss, their schedule's not even worth going over. That's how bad it is. They have, they had, look, their their conference sucked. They had one good team in their conference, and neither team actually came close to actually beating them. So. They, they they have no business being in this tournament, and I hope they know that. UCLA, let, let's go through their schedule. Let's see, first quality, first quality team they came up against was number 13, Oklahoma, made the tournament, lost. Next game, number 15 at the time, North Carolina, November 27th, they lost. Let's see, San Diego, Riverside, next game, number 7, Gonzaga at the time, they lost, horribly. Uh, next game, number one Kentucky. Well, you, you can we, guess how that went. We remember uh, how that one went. Just, just to be clear, UCLA lost by 39. Didn't even break 50. Okay, Alabama, are they in the tournament? No. No. Well, they lost that game too. Colorado, are they in the tournament? No. No, they lost that game, too. Number 19, Utah. They're in the tournament. They lost that game. Uh, Let's see. Oregon. They played Oregon. They lost. Let's see. Number 19, Utah. They won. Hmm. They won. Yay. (laughs) They won a game.
2: (laughs) Uh,
3: January 8th, Stanford. They won. Yay. (laughs) They won two good games. (laughs) <laughs> Stanford. They swept Stanford. Whoa. Stanford probably shouldn't even be in the tournament either. <laughs> they aren't. But, that, but they aren't? They're in the NIT. Oh, then, then I oh because we did our NIT brackets yeah, they' in the
2: NIT. Yep, that's fine. All, right. oh, all right, so okay.
3: Stanford's out of quality win. Okay, so they have that one win over Utah. Oregon, they're in the tournament, right? Yes. They
0: won. Yep. Yay. They beat Oregon. Yay. All right, let's move
3: on. Number five, Arizona lost. USC,
0: uh USC sucked this year, so they didn't even count. Number five, Arizona, they lost. So, they have one quality win. Two, if you count Oregon, who was not ranked, they have one quality
3: win. So, why isn't Murray State in this field over UCLA? Why isn't Old Dominion in this field? They Miami. Don't, Murray State, Old Dominion. Miami has a way better win <laughs> than these guys. Uh, Miami's one-win, Trump's UCLA's one-win. Isn't that great? Miami did themselves damage by not doing more damage in the tournament, but here's the thing. You played one, two, three, four, five, six,
0: seven, eight
3: ranked games this year. You've played about nine games with teams that may have been in and out of the top 25 all year. And you won
0: one. You had number one Kentucky. You had
3: Gonzaga, who is a very, very weak team for for being a top ten team. You had a super weak Carolina team. You had Oklahoma, who's not that great. And you got Arizona and Utah twice, and the only one
0: you could win is Utah? Are you are you kidding me? North Carolina was not that good until
3: recently. Yeah, that's a winnable game. Uh Oklahoma is a winnable game. Gonzaga was definitely... If you had beaten Gonzaga back in December, nobody would have this issue with you dropping the game to Kentucky by 40 damn points. UCLA should be in the NIT. And the empirical evidence proves it. Now, they lost to Arizona in the last game by... Six points, which is why they're probably in this tournament.
2: They, they it, it, that doesn't that game was not in any way indicative of.
3: No, no, that final score was not indicative of how bad. I mean, they were tied. They were tied uh, at, at halftime, and then
0: Arizona pretty much put it in gear uh did enough to be UCLA and that was it I I yeah. don't understand how
3: UCLA got in and you know Steve Elford, he has to be the optimist I get that
0: I get that but there's no excuse UCLA is terrible
3: they shouldn't have been, and that's not my eye test. The evidence tells me that when you put them up against somebody like Murray State, Murray State has more of a chance to win a game in this tournament than UCLA does. Murray State has more opportunity to create excitement than UCLA does. This committee, I, I just, this is my two cents and we can go back to it, And we should probably get into the meat and potatoes before it becomes like 10 o'clock and I'm miserable. Okay. All right. Whatever committee I feel kind of um, favors tower conferences and throws around the term I test, it tells me we got a lazy committee. I understand a weak bubble doesn't help. But honestly, a weak bubble kind of gives you an opportunity yeah. to maybe give an old dominion a Murray State. Murray State should be in this tournament. They're one of the 25 best teams in America by coaches and writers. Coaches no more, but, you know, you get that. Right. By the coaches and the writers, Murray State was one of the 25 best teams. They should be in this tournament. There's no excuse why they shouldn't be.
2: Not only Murray State, and we keep making a, a big deal about Miami, too, among others. I want you to listen to Illinois for a minute. This is Illinois, okay? Let me, look at, give, me, let me give you their good wins. They beat Baylor 62-54, to who's in the field. Okay? They beat Maryland 64-57, who's in the field. They beat Purdue, sixty-six to fifty-seven. Who's in the field? They beat Michigan State at Michigan State, fifty-nine fifty-four. Michigan State in the field. Okay, that you count that. That is how many good wins? Four. Um, four. They four also played two. Yeah, that is
1: absurd. That is absurd. That is absurd.
2: I mean that I don't even understand. And they play in a great conference in the Big Ten. Miami, I can, you know like you said about Miami. Yeah, they beat Duke. They beat NC State. Both both teams in the field. Obviously, the Duke wins the biggest one because they beat Duke by like third almost twenty five. I think it was like twenty five or something like that. I know it was like nine. I think ninety seventy four was the final score. They beat Duke badly on the road. You would think with the creative committee values Duke that would get them in. But the NC State win, Miami should be in the field. Illinois should definitely be in the field. I really don't understand how Illinois is not in the field. Um, and I'm not even a big fan of Illinois. They're wildly inconsistent year in year out. But this is one of their better years had in terms of wins. Um, and they're not in the field. Old Dominion, Murray State. Murray State was like right on the top 25 the entire season, in and out of it. Murray State should be in this field. And like you said, they generate excitement. It's just absurd. LSU to reward teams like LSU and Ole Miss and UCLA for mediocrity in conferences that, you know, give them the opportunity. Even if they play an unbalanced game, give them the opportunity
1: for more quality wins is absurd.
2: And I want to address one other thing. We've been talking about these teams left in, left those who in, those who went out. There's been a lot. Of, there was a lot of talk about the one seeds. Okay, a lot of talk because you know, we did get a couple emails from people that said that, and and I can understand it. Okay, um, I could understand if you try to push Arizona, although Arizona's schedule was crap this year. Okay. I can understand pushing Arizona, but trying to push Virginia as a one seed is a ridiculous argument right now, okay? It's a ridiculous argument. Let me tell you why. We obviously know Kentucky's on the one line, overall number one seed. Villanova on the one line. We all know why, okay? The question marks were Duke and Wisconsin. Wisconsin shouldn't have been a question mark because Wisconsin won the conference tournament, played a great schedule, had great wins, Dominant, we all know what Wisconsin is. Why Duke? Here's the thing. Your only other potential one seeds are Arizona, Virginia. Okay? Arizona didn't play a good schedule this year. Is that their fault that the Pac-12 sucked? No. But even their non-conference wasn't that good. Is that their fault? No. But you look at Duke. We know year in and year out they play good teams. We know that they had... Four great road wins, which is, like, compared to all the other number one seeds. maybe aside from Villanova, is tremendous. We know that Duke beat Virginia head-to-head. So you can't put, you want to try to make a case of Arizona versus Duke, fine, but then the schedules aren't going to match up. You cannot make a case for Virginia over Duke. You can't. Not when they had one game against each other and Duke beat them Had the head. And not when Duke has the
1: wins that they do. No way. I'll listen to any arguments for Arizona. I will. And then
2: you're going to look at the schedule. And you're going to be like, all right, you know what? If we're va- The strength of schedule, we're valuing wins and stuff. Okay, Duke. All right. But if you want to value conference tournament championship over all that, then I can understand that. I can I can understand that. But to say Virginia, anybody that's out there saying Virginia should have got one over Duke, you you don't have an argument. You don't. They both lost in the same night in the conference tournament, so that that tosses that out. Virginia lost to Duke head to head. They didn't. They're nowhere close to
1: having the wins that Duke had. What's your argument? And we're going with the eye test. Well, they, haven't, they have not looked the same since Justin
2: Anderson got hurt. Even when he came back, they haven't looked the same. So,
1: no argument. Arizona, you can make an argument. Virginia, no way. And for those out there wondering about why Villanova
2: is the number two overall seed in terms of the ones, have you looked at their wins? Duke if Duke had won the A C C tournament, Duke would have been in Villanova's spot. Villanova would have dropped to three. Wisconsin would have dropped to four. Yeah,
3: but Duke didn't win the overall number they didn't. one. Well, Therefore,
0: no. Excuse the, me.
2: The next the next best the next best one was Villanova. Villanova finished the season strong. Villanova had less losses than Duke. Villanova right next to Duke had the best quality of wins.
3: And Villanova won their tournaments. Did you mention that? Yes.
2: The they won their four. conference
3: and their tournaments.
2: Therefore, easy decision.
3: Look, and here here's how I think the 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 uh excuse me, the uh, committee should prior prioritize these overall these these one seats. Did you win your conference and did you win your conference tournament? What was your record? What was your win? So the only issue I have is Duke. Why did Duke get in? You mentioned Virginia and Arizona. Virginia, I feel, is a straw man. It's a, it's just there to take the punches. Virginia didn't win their conference. Uh, they, excuse me, they did win their conference, didn't they? They won the regular season, yes. Virginia won the regular season. The they tournament. did not. They didn't win their tournament. <laughs> I feel, but here's the thing. This is where the straw man might have the point. Virginia has more of an argument for being on that one line than Duke does. Oh. If you really think, and look, I, I, I will go to bat for my saying that, hey, I don't think Virginia's as good as Duke. But Virginia's resume has more of a reason to be on that one line than Duke's does. And neither of them won their conference tournament. And here's the here I I feel like it should have been Arizona and I and everybody knows my dislike for the Pac-12. I I don't like the conference. I think it's overrated. I think it's uh, I think it's trash. Um Arizona won their conference and they won the tournament pretty handily. They they've been top 10, they've been top 5 all year. Practically top 5 all year. They they've made plays on number one. It's just Kentucky. It's just too good. The feeling, my feeling, is this: Duke or North Virginia shouldn't have been on that one line.
0: They're twos. Duke would have should have been the overall should have been the overall number two. Should be in Kentucky's region as the overall number two.
3: Arizona, as terrible as this sounds should have been on that one line. I feel like Duke just got the one seed because they're Duke. And that's it. And I know Duke has a better schedule and Duke has better wins. Virginia's got two wins over Duke. Wait, the two wins?
2: Wait, wait, what? How many wins does Virginia have over Duke? Over I mean in terms of overall wins and losses?
3: No, how many wins did, How many times did Virginia beat Duke?
2: They didn't. They played one time and Duke beat them.
3: All right, so Duke won, but Virginia won the ter- Virginia won the conference.
2: Right, but they had a they had an unbalanced schedule. They only played the top co- teams in the conference once.
3: Doesn't matter. They
2: won the conference.
3: Mm. But the point is moot. Virginia shouldn't even be on the one line. Arizona should be. And look, Arizona didn't play the schedule that Duke did. I agree. Arizona, I feel, isn't that good. But Arizona won their conference and they won their tournament. They were top five all year. They played teams. They beat teams. Arizona should be the fourth number one. That's my only thing. And you could say, well, Duke beat this team. Doesn't matter. Duke didn't win jack shit. I'm sorry for swearing. Duke didn't
0: win anything.
3: They didn't win the conference. They didn't win the tournament. End of discussion. But that, that, that by in my, end of discussion. I mean, that's my opinion. That is my opinion. And to be fair, I'm not sorry about swearing. I just, I you
0: know,
2: <laughs>
3: really not. I don't. I don't honestly care.
2: The one thing I will say is this: the one thing we is always a one seed debate. Or two C debate. The one thing about that's good about the whole one C two C debate is that it usually settles itself. You know, it, it, these teams are in the field. It's not like the whole who's in versus well, and sometimes actually who who gets in who not who gets left out settles itself too. But you know, more so the one versus two debate always seems to settle itself. So we'll see. You know, it it it, it you know I kind of wish. You know, I always say that if you're going to do this, if you have some devices, and I would like to put, like, Duke and Arizona in the same region. And then, you know, see if they play each other. If they play each other and one beats the other, then you're like, all right, there you go. You know who was. Because that's really who the argument was for. To me. And if Arizona had shown up in the field, yeah, I'm a Duke fan, but I would have understood it. I would have, you know what, they valued the conference championship, conference tournament championship. I can understand that. We've had some committees value it. We've had some committees don't value it. I can understand it. I could not understand Virginia getting it, though. If Virginia had won that night that Duke lost, then, yeah, I could have. If they would have gotten further, I would have said, yeah, I could have seen that, even if, they, even if Duke beat them head-to-head. and Even if Duke had better wins, I could have seen it. But not when they both lost in the same night, not when Duke beat them head-to-head. No. It, it, you just can't justify it. Arizona, you could justify on a, on a couple of levels. That's why I, don't want, I can understand the, the outcry for Arizona. But having said that, as you look at the field, in my opinion, Arizona gets a good draw because they're going out west. They're going, they're going to be – if they advance past the first weekend, I mean, okay, even the first weekend they're going to have a good – a fairly good advantage because they're going to be playing in Portland. And if they advance, they're going to be playing in L.A. So they're going to be close to home. Wisconsin, who's the one seed, is, not, is going to be close to home in the first two games, but not in the, in the second two. So Wisconsin actually gets a disadvantage. Arizona gets an advantage. So they're probably happy about that, I'd imagine. Whereas Duke, who, is, who got the one seed, while they'll be close to home in the first two games in Charlotte, they're going to be playing in Houston if they get to the Sweet 16. So Arizona actually won out here, if you look at it. Sometimes that's how it happens, you know. As, you know, that, that's – that's – Hey. But we'll see what happens. Now let's okay. We talked enough about the seeding and all that stuff. Let's get into the field here. Let's look at these regions. We'll start in the Midwest, which is where the overall number one seed, Kentucky, is. And oh, this this my general over this 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 to me. Ignore what people have said about this not being an easy about this being easy for Kentucky because I've heard that from every commentator I've I've, I've ta- listened to this week. It's not. This is not a cakewalk for Kentucky. I don't even see how you can credibly say it is. To me, this is not the easiest reason. To me, this is the most difficult, to me, difficult region. Okay, and here's why. You look at it, you got Kentucky in this region, um, Maryland, who is an extremely, extremely, in many ways, underrated team, Notre Dame, who's playing hot right now, Kansas, who's – Turned it around over the last week and a half, despite their injuries. I mean, everybody was down and out on Kansas. They've turned it around. Wichita State is here, vastly under This, to me, is a really difficult region. Um, if West Virginia can survive their first game, they're another threat. So this is a very difficult region, in my opinion, for Kentucky. Now, look, should Kentucky get out of the first weekend? Yes. But, you know, a potential matchup with Maryland would scare me. The only question about Maryland is, can they stack up with Kentucky? In a lot of ways, they can. The only way they can't, the only particular part they can't is in depth. We all know Kentucky is deep. We know they use the platoon system. You know, they're good with their reserves. Maryland doesn't go that deep. Most college basketball teams don't go as deep as Kentucky. They're very fortunate this year. We understand that. That's the only question I have. If Maryland gets into foul trouble or, you know, they start to get winded and stuff, then Kentucky's got them. That's happened a number of times this year with Kentucky. So that's the only question I would have again in terms of uh, Kentucky versus Maryland. Always, I think Maryland will give them probably their pre-final four scare. And then there's always the potential match of Kentucky-Kansas, you know, or uh, Notre Dame-Kentucky and, you know, We've, we've always mentioned how Notre Dame, in many ways, is one dimensional. They're not so much this year. You know, they've opened things up a little bit. Their offense is a lot better this year in terms of not just being a three point line team. That's pretty much the, the bulk of their offense, but they've shown that they can, you know, they will adapt if they have to. Wichita State's there, and they're a potential threat. You know, there's a lot of potential matchups here. And what I think is funny is people always go, they always, the community always says, well, we don't try, we don't do things on purpose, set up matchups on purpose. I've always thought that was bull, because that is kind of part of their job. Sometimes they want to try to set up good, compelling matchups. Well, you have a couple here. You have a potential Kansas-Wichita State matchup in Omaha. Wichita State, of course, has been wanting to play Kansas in the non-conference for a number of years. Kansas refuses to play them, well, they might get their chance here, which would be interesting, battle for Kansas. Um, Notre Dame potentially playing Butler, both teams from Ohio. Um, no, pardon me, both teams from Indiana. You know, interesting. Potential matchup there. So it, it's interesting that we got those, both those in the same region. Um some really good potential matchups here, Kentucky-Maryland, Kentucky-Notre Dame, Kentucky-Wichita State, Kentucky-Kansas, you know, Kansas-Wichita State, Notre Dame, um, you know, even if Indiana somehow got out of the bottom bracket, bracket Notre Dame-Indiana, you know, <laughs> Indiana-Butler. Lots of interesting matchups in this region um, I'd look for, but obviously Kentucky is just so strong, and I obviously they're the odds-on favorites at we get to the Final Four. It'll be interesting indeed. And now we know who that 16th seed is. is Hampton has kind of surprised. Uh, They won the first first four game. They move on 74-62 over Manhattan. So Hampton has earned the right to play Kentucky. So this game, of course, will be on Thursday. So, all right, with that. Before we make
1: our picks, I want to give Mike a chance. Give a quick general overview of the region if he wants to, Mike. This
0: region may be tough,
3: but Maryland and uh, who was the other, Notre Dame and maybe Kansas. I feel like maybe the best shots at beating Kentucky. Otherwise, while this region looks stacked, If I I I don't know if I see people beating Kentucky. If, I I don't know if I see teams beating Kentucky. I don't. I, I I really really don't know. Especially since Kansas has this knack for losing in the tournament to uh, you know. Yeah under <laughs> team. So I, I, I find it hard to place some stock in Kansas, too. But, look, this region is tough. I just don't know if anybody beats Kentucky in the Midwest. And I, I'm trying to – I'm just trying to keep it quick, so. Yeah,
0: that's okay. So that's okay. We can that's move, okay. on. We can and move you, on and, and maybe you know be off
3: by 1030.
2: Well, okay. We're in good shape anyway, but. Um yeah, and, and the thing about you mentioned Kansas too. Kansas has had even more so than usual. They've had a really up and down year, which Kansas tends to have lately. Alright. Um all right, so let's get right to the picks. We're gonna pick this region first here. Um I'm always gonna pick Kentucky to advance past Hampton in the one sixteen game. I'm gonna go with Purdue over Cincinnati in the eight nine game. I really like Purdue. They can rebound, they got Hammond, um, it really is an even matchup. Both teams, defensively and rebounding-wise, are very skilled. But I think the, the Hammond is the key difference there, so I'm going to go with Purdue. 12-5, we all love our 12-5s. So well, if you haven't uh Bob Hurley's Buffalo team, if you haven't seen I had the chance to see them once. Um, they're really, really good. To me, this is going to be a really interesting game. I could see West Virginia surviving it, but I don't think they will because I think Butler – a buff, I mean Butler. Butler is going to beat them on the boards. I think that's going to be key. They play really good defense. They got some really good players on that team. I'm going with Buffalo over West Virginia in a 12-5 upset. I think Maryland advances past Valparaiso pretty easily. Butler-Texas is an interesting game because you all know how, how how hard we've been on Texas this year. Um, you know what? I think this is a good matchup for Texas. I think, especially from an athletic standpoint, Butler surprised me by how, how good they've done this year because I think Butler has overachieved in a lot of ways. Defensively, they're very strong, but offensively, they struggle a lot, and I think that's going to be the issue here because even when Texas plays badly, they don't struggle offensively. You know, it's, it's usually that they, they get outscored, plain and simple. They're not going to get outscored by Butler here, and even though Texas is a team that, you know, in many ways, we feel probably shouldn't have been in the field, but this year, kind of, you know, the field was the bubble, well, the bubble was rather soft. Um, I think Texas has the matchup in their favor here. I'm going with Texas over Butler in 11-6 upset. Notre Dame I think can get past Northeastern relatively easily in that 3-14 game. Wichita State, Indiana I think is a really good game. Might be the best game of in the Midwest of the, as far as the first uh, round the games go. I think this to be a close game. A lot of offense in this game, even though both teams can defend. But I think matchup-wise, they got, both teams have some enough advantages to make it a more high-scoring affair. Indiana scares me because they shoot the ball really well. they got Yogi Ferrell. Um, Wichita State is not as good as they were last year or even the year before, but they're still really, really talented. Uh, I'm picking Wichita State here. I'm picking them to squeak by, but uh, Indiana, I won't, I won't admit, scares me here. Kansas, I think, should get past New Mexico State rather easily. That sets up the second round of games. I got Kentucky advancing beyond Purdue relatively easily. I think Maryland will beat Buffalo relatively easily as well. Matchup really is in their favor there. Um, Texas Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame uh, uh, unless Notre Dame has a really bad game offensively, I think they should advance past Texas. Um, Um. by a good measure I think I, 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 even though Texas is better athletically I think Notre Dame um, is a little bit more consistent in their play all around and then I think Wichita State Kansas becomes a really interesting match of a really interesting game but I really like the way Kansas turned things around last week so I'd pick, based on the way they're playing right now I'd pick Kansas over Wichita State because Wichita State is not as good as last year, Kansas when they're on like they are right now even though they lost in the Big 12 championship uh, I think when Kansas plays the way they're capable of, they can beat anybody in the country. I think Kansas will squeak by Wichita State. Kansas-Notre Dame, it's an interesting game. I think, again, so much it depends. I hate to pick a team like Notre Dame because so much depends on them offensively. And, but like I said, this Notre Dame team, more than any Notre Dame team over the last few years, has shown the ability to adapt and not just rely on the three when they have to. If it's not there, if they struggle from the three, they have learned to adapt and go to the rim. Jerry and Grant has been big on, a big proponent of that, a big reason for that. I think that's the difference here. So with that in mind, I think if Notre, if Notre Dame has a good offensive game, I think they advance past Kansas Barely, but I think they do. so I picked Notre Dame over Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland. That is the scare for Kentucky before the final four. Again, if Maryland can outla- if Maryland can outlast Kentucky 's depth, I think Maryland has a good chance at being they have to play the game of their life, but they have a good chance. I 'm not picking them, though, because there's a lot of ifs there. I say Kentucky in that game, Kentucky, Notre Dame. That matchup is not favorable for Notre Dame in my mind. Um, I just I, I think can Notre Dame beat them on a really 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 good day offensively? Yes, but Kentucky's so good defensively. I pick Kentucky over
1: Notre Dame to advance to the Final Four out of the Midwest. Mike, go.
0: You're not going to get any analysis to me, you know, from
3: me because of time. I, I really – we really have to run through this. All right, Kentucky, Hampton. I'm taking Kentucky, Cincinnati, Purdue. I'm biased towards the old Big East. I'm taking Cincinnati. They can go either way. West Virginia, Buffalo. I haven't seen Buffalo, so I'm taking West Virginia. I'm going chalk. Maryland, Valparaiso. I'm taking Maryland. Butler, Texas. Screw Texas. Taking Butler. Um, Notre Dame, Northeastern. I'm taking Notre Dame. which Wichita State, Indiana. It should be close. Taking the uh, the Shockers. Uh, Kansas, New Mexico State, I'm taking Kansas. That sets up. Kentucky, Cincinnati, I'm taking Kentucky, obviously. West Virginia and Maryland. Maryland's had a better year of taking them. Butler, Notre Dame, I'm taking Notre Dame. But if it comes up between Butler and Notre Dame, that could be very interesting. Wichita State, Kansas, Battle of Kansas, so nobody watches. I'm taking Kansas, but that that game could be interesting that sets up the total chalk bracket. I feel like a real analyst now. Kentucky, Maryland, Notre Dame, Kansas. So my Elite Eight game, obviously, is Kentucky. I took Notre Dame. That could really go either way. Um, Kentucky could be challenged by any of the other teams. Uh, Maryland, Notre Dame, Kansas. They could be challenged by any of those three. However, I am taking Kentucky over Notre Dame and Ely to go to the Final Four.
1: Okay, so both of us
2: have Kentucky coming out of the Midwest. We advance now to the West. And lucky for Mike, since he does want to hurry this I don't have a lot of analysis about the West because to me,
0: Thank the West God.
2: is a, a very, well, okay, people want something, okay? <laughs> um,
3: yes, like me but, kicking you, probably, yeah. possibly in your shins.
2: Professionalism, right. before, professionalism before kicking in the balls. That's why I placed it. <laughs> You're <laughs> yeah. very
3: welcome. I will actually kick you in the chin.
2: I've done it yeah. before. Anyway, the West, to me, is very straightforward. To me, the West is probably the easiest bracket to predict. That's how it really is, more so than anybody's saying about the Kentucky bracket. Um, Wisconsin. Okay, and really, there's not that many potentially good matchups here. Um Oregon-Oklahoma State, for some reason, the committee likes that matchup. (laughs) They keep doing it. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, The only interesting game among the first round of games, to me, is VCU-Ohio State. D'Angelo Russell pretty much is all that team has offensively. If you shut him down, you shut Ohio State down. VCU defensively has the ability to do that. Although the question you have with VCU is they've been so up and down all year, you know, can they score enough? Defensively, we know they can do it because then they score enough. And even if they shut down D'Angelo Russell, they can probably score enough to beat VCU on a bad offensive day. So that, that's why that's a good matchup, oh, an ugly matchup. Other than that, any other potential match we get? I mean, Wisconsin-Oregon, if you get that, that's going to be an offensive show. Um, so would Wisconsin-North Carolina. Xavier Baylor, if you get that, that would be interesting. Um, if you get it, athletically it would be. Um arizona bear would definitely be interesting, if you get that. And a potential Wisconsin-Arizona matchup would be the matchup of that whole region. Um, That would obviously be a tremendous matchup and a chance for Arizona to prove something to a lot of naysayers. Um, And I've liked Arizona all year, but I've also liked Wisconsin, two of the teams I've liked the most all year in the same region, which is troublesome for me, but I digress. All right, for this – for Time reasons, I'm going to make my picks now. Now I'll throw the mic for his overview and his picks. That way we save some time instead of going back and forth. All right, so I'll make my picks now very quickly because, again, not much to say here. Wisconsin easily in in the 116 game over Coastal Carolina. I think Oregon will squeak by Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's going to be a good challenge, but I think they'll squeak by. I think Oregon – is this playing better right now? Oklahoma State's been going backwards for a while. That's just the key right there. Wofford's going to put up a game, but Arkansas has some real, has, has a couple of pros on that team. And I think they're going to – Arkansas, I think, is just a better team athletically. So I'm going to pick Arkansas in that game, although that should be a scary game for them. Uh, North Carolina easily over Harvard. This is not one of their better teams. I'm, I'm assuming Xavier's going to be playing BYU. <laughs> But no matter who they play, I think Xavier's going to advance. I think Xavier defensively is going to give either team a hard time. And all Miss should be in the field. Um, Baylor over Georgia State easily. VCU Oklahoma Ohio State, again, I think could be an ugly but close game. But I'm picking VCU because I think it's as simple as setting down DeAndre Russell. If you do that, you should advance. Um, VCU should advance. Arizona easily over Texas Southern. Wisconsin-Oregon, I'm picking Wisconsin easily. They're just playing better on both sides of the basketball. Arkansas, North Carolina. North Carolina is playing really well right now, despite their loss in the ACC championship game. Um, I like North Carolina against Arkansas here. I think they match up very well. Again, this should be another big offensive game, so no issues there with North Carolina. I think that really is in their favor when it becomes that. Um, Xavier Bayer, I think Bayra's is better. Um, they can score more. That's just the key. Offensively, they're just better, and I think that's enough to be overcome Xavier. VCU Arizona. VCU can't stand up to Arizona this year. They're just not capable. Arizona easily. Arizona Baylor should be a fun game from an athletic standpoint. Arizona, but I think Arizona has just too many has this too much talent for Baylor. So I pick Arizona in that game. Wisconsin North Carolina. Uh, Again, another offense. This, this is the offensive region. It's all about really high-scoring games. I think the difference for me is Wisconsin defends. North Carolina really isn't. They've never been good defensively. This year is no exception. I think Wisconsin goes past North Carolina because of their defense. Think like up, Wisconsin Arizona, which should be a tremendous matchup. But I've been high on Wisconsin more so than Arizona all year. I've been high on both teams, but Wisconsin's been one of those teams that I've been super high on. I've always been higher on them than Arizona. I think the difference is, again, the defense of Wisconsin, the ability to defend. Offensively, both teams match up well. Defensively, they don't. Wisconsin over Arizona advancing to the Final Four, and Mike can go now.
3: Okay. Uh, All right. Brief, brief overview of um, the the division. Um, Minoru Suzuki won pro wrestling Noah's world title on Sunday. And that was the biggest thing that happened in sports on Sunday. And if you don't agree, then I fear for you. Because Minoru Suzuki is the man, and also professional nightmare fuel. Look it up. Uh, Wisconsin, Coastal Carolina, I'm taking Wisconsin, Oregon, Oklahoma State. I'm taking Oklahoma State. Could go either way. Arkansas-Wofford, I really, really want to take Wofford because screw the SEC. I took Arkansas against my better judgment. UNC-Harvard, UNC-Xavier is going to beat whoever comes out of that one, I think. Uh, Baylor, I'm taking over Georgia State. That could go either way. Be careful, even though Georgia State kind of sucks. Just if you want to pick a 314, that's probably not the one. VCU over Ohio State can go either way. Arizona might get a scare in that game against Texas Southern. Uh, so, but I'm taking Arizona, but if you take Texas Southern, you probably wouldn't be wrong. Well, you probably will be wrong, but it's worth it. So I have Oklahoma State and Wisconsin, and I'm taking uh, the Badgers. I'm taking UNC over Arkansas because screw the SEC. I'm taking Xavier over Baylor, but I probably should have taken Baylor over Xavier. I don't I don't know why. I just, I like Xavier better. I just like the name Xavier better than Baylor. But you should probably take Baylor. Uh VCU and Arizona, I'm taking Arizona. That sets up the uh Elite A or the three sixteen. Uh I am taking Arizona and Wisconsin, although if it ends up being Carolina and Wisconsin, that could be a very, very interesting game. Um, and I am putting Wisconsin in the Final Four over
0: Arizona because I like Wisconsin better. But if Arizona I'm... makes it the Final Four, don't be surprised.
1: Okay. So we're agreed on that.
2: Um now we go to, well, agreeing who's coming out of the West anyway. We go to the East, which is Mike's favorite region. Not only because it's in our, we're going to be having the games in our backyard to decide who goes to the Final Four, but because his favorite team is in that region. The number two overall seed of the tournament, Villanova, is in that region. And this is an interesting bracket because there's a lot of potential matchups here Villanova, NC State potentially. Because <laughs> LSU probably, most definitely not winning that game. Um, you know, Northern Iowa, who I think is under Cedar versus Louisville potentially, or even Northern Iowa or Louisville versus Villanova. Um, Michigan State potentially playing Virginia. Um, and then Michigan State potentially maybe playing Villanova, even Virginia versus Villanova. And then a game that I don't think is getting enough attention. I'm really shocked by this. Virginia and Belmont, a 15-2 matchup in the first round, which I think is probably the most intriguing first-round game. I, the way Virginia's been playing, not just the way they've been playing recently, but the way they played this entire season, we know they, they, don't, they go through scoring r- droughts more so than probably any other elite team. A lot of teams go through scoring, but Virginia's gone through some abysmal ones. And with the way, given you know Justin Anderson is back, their their leading scorer, but he has not played well. Virginia has not played well with or without Justin Anderson these last two weeks. I'm a little worried about Virginia. And Belmont is a really good team, experienced, offensively skilled. And even if Virginia's trademark defense shuts them down, I think they can grind out. And here's the thing. Whenever you look at these 14, 15, 16, seeds, one of the key things. A lot of times they'll come out against the team. Sometimes they even get a lead because they're on adrenaline. The other team might be a little tired. They might think, you know, try to look past the 16 seed that they're playing or the 15 seed that they're playing. The thing about, the thing about Virginia is, okay, they're, not, they're a grinding out, grinded-out team. They're not going to go up and down the court. They're not going to exhaust the team that they're playing. So if you're a 14, 15, or 16 seed and you're playing a team like Virginia, you're not going to lose your energy in the second half. You're going to have enough energy to get by. And that's worrisome for a team like Virginia. If they don't score the ball enough, okay, they're not going to be able to rely on the other team, the low, that low-seeded mid-major team being exhausted to bail them out. And that's what scares me about this game. I think Belmont is a good enough team to beat Virginia. So keep an eye on that game. That might be the upset of the tournament in the first round. So that potential matchup, very interesting. Keep an eye on that. Sorry, so I caught one the, the potentially good matchups and some of the more interesting matchups. let to make the picks now. I think Villanova easily over Lafayette in that 116 game. NC State easily over LSU in that 8-9 game, one of the most easy Eight, nine games I've ever picked in my life, believe me. I always just seeing me be in this field. We all know that. Northern Iowa, who's vastly under in my mind, should be at least a three. Um, in my mind, easily, easily over Wyoming. I've seen people picking Wyoming. Wyoming got lucky. They beat San Diego State. Wyoming shouldn't, wouldn't be in the tournament otherwise. No disrespect to them, but Northern Iowa is just so much better. Um, no 12-5 there in my mind. Louisville over UC Irvine, um, easily. Providence, I I think they'll play Dayton, although that Dayton-Boise State game, so many people are kind of going op- going to Boise State, despite the fact that Dayton's playing on their home four. I still think Dayton's going to win that game, but um, no matter who they play, I think Providence should advance past Boise State or Dayton. Oklahoma, I think could, Oklahoma might get a challenge from Albany, but I think Oklahoma will survive that. Michigan State, Georgia, Michigan State easily. Georgia, I, 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 I think I can understand Georgia in the field, but you know we're close to being as good as Michigan State, who's vastly underseated. Virginia Belmont, I talked about this game. I'm picking Belmont, and I know people are going, oh, you're Virginia, you hate Virginia. No, no, no. I, I just think the matchup's a terrible draw for Virginia. Um, and remember, I've I given Virginia credit more so than any other year on this show. I just think it's a tough matchup. So I'm going with Belmont. Villanova, NC State, I think Villanova is just so much better than NC State, although I think they could, they could probably stay in that game, NC State. But I'm going to pick Villanova to beat NC State in advance. Um, I just think they have too much, especially on the guard side of things. Uh, Northern Iowa-Louisville, I'm picking Northern Iowa in that game. I think other than Rozier, I don't think Louisville has enough in terms of scoring and experience. Although Harrell is going to give Northern Iowa a matchup problem, but I think the experience of Northern Iowa, seniors, you know, leadership and all, and the fact that they have more than one guy that can score the ball, where Louisville only relies really on Rozier now, I think that's the key. I think Northern Iowa advances over Louisville – Providence, Oklahoma. I'm picking Oklahoma. I, I'm not a big fan of Oklahoma, but I think defensively they're better than Providence. Providence wise on outscoring people. That's been their thing for years now, and I think Oklahoma's defense will be enough to shut them down. Oklahoma will outlast them. Oklahoma advanced over Providence. <clears throat> Michigan State, Belmont. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm, I'm picking Michigan State. Belmont gets by Virginia because of a, a, a really good matchup, but... They don't match up well at all. Michigan State, who does have a little experience on their team. So I picked Michigan State to surpass Belmont. And I got Oklahoma, Michigan State. Oklahoma, I don't think, has enough for Michigan State, who I think is playing their best basketball at the right time. Michigan State advances. Villanova, Northern Iowa. I think Villanova will get a heck of a scare from Northern Iowa. I don't think anybody knows how truly good they are. They get a heck of a scare, but I think they survive barely and advance to play Michigan State, which will be a challenging game for Villanova from a defensive standpoint, because of the matchups athletically and lengthwise. But I think Villanova is very talented. Um, I think they're vastly underrated, even though they're a one seed. I think with their guard play,
1: Villanova advances to the Final Four out of the East. Mike.
0: All right. Interest of time, running right through it.
3: ESPN, just... GSPN suck it. <laughs> At this point, we're in the West. We're in the East. More importantly, we're in the East. Okay, Villanova over Lafayette. NC State over LSU, because screw the SEC. Northern Iowa over Wyoming. That should be pretty easy. Louisville over UC Irvine, although you might want to watch that game. I have Providence coming out of whoever wins that game, probably Dayton because they made that mistake again. Uh, Oklahoma over Albany, but watch out for that one. Michigan State over Georgia could screw the SEC. I'm taking Virginia over Belmont, but if Belmont wins, then more power to them because Belmont's a tough matchup for Virginia. It could happen. Don't feel ashamed to take that. Uh, So I'm going chalk here, the chalk express. Choo-choo. Villanova over NC State. I have Louisville over Northern Iowa. That could easily go the other way. I have God. I took. You know, I'm taking Oklahoma over Providence. Taking Oklahoma over Providence. I can see that. Oklahoma over Providence. Uh, I take. Look, I have Michigan State, Virginia. I took Michigan State because I, I trust Izzo here. Uh, So that leaves me with Louisville-Villanova and and a Big East battle. And I took Villanova because I like them better. Uh, Oklahoma-Michigan State. Uh, That that goes either way, actually. I took uh, Oklahoma. So leaves me with uh, Oklahoma-Villanova. And obviously I'm taking the better of those teams, Villanova, to the Final Four.
2: Chalk,
1: baby. Chalk. Well, so far we're all chalk.
2: That might be the first time in our history we're all all chalk so far. All right. Final region, the south. Uh, Not an easy region for Duke. And this is the region, you know, every year there's one region, at least one region that kind of the bracket just kind of blows up. I think this is going to be the region. There is a lot of potential here for that. Um, a lot of interesting potential matchups of Duke, maybe Duke-Georgetown, um, Duke-St. John's again with their center suspended. Keep in mind, St. John's su- center is suspended. That could play a role. Um, you know, the potential of SMU versus Iowa State, which is interesting to me because SMU more defensive-oriented, Iowa State more offensive-oriented. We'll see who wins out in that game if they were to play. Davidson potentially versus Gonzaga would be an interesting matchup, especially from the standpoint of – you know, both teams relatively being mid-major. It's sort of becoming power team, conference teams now. Potential matchup of Gonzaga versus Iowa State or Gonzaga versus Duke or Iowa State versus Duke or Davidson versus Duke or Iowa State. There's a lot of interesting things here and a lot of potential to kind of have a team that's not a one seed come out of this bracket because I could see that. Um, keep in mind, Duke is not a deep team. They're not. They play about seven deep. Um, exhaustion hasn't been an issue for them. Conditioning has not been an issue for them. Um, but, you know, in tournament play or against certain teams, who knows? Iowa State, very offensively based, up and down the floor. Maybe they exhaust Duke, you know? I don't know. I mean, there's there's potential here for that to happen. So we'll see. That's something to keep an eye on. All right. So some of the interesting matchups I mentioned um, gave you enough. I, I I think I gave you all enough here. Let's just get right to the predictions. Um Duke, I assume, will play North Florida, but regardless of who they play, they're going to obviously advance over the 16, whoever it is, North Florida or Robert Morris. I think, I think San Diego State beats St. John's, not just because they don't have their center, but because I just think St. John's is so weird to me. Like, like whenever they were supposed to win, they haven't, and whenever they, you thought they wouldn't, they, they did. It's, it's, they're kind of like one of those teams. I just don't like the way they've been playing the last two weeks of the season. And they went through a period in February where they got hot and then they kind of fell back off again. San Diego State's not, a, it's not as good as they've been in years past, but I think they got enough to surpass St. John's. I think defensively they'll give St. John's some trouble, especially from an athleticism standpoint. I'm picking San Diego State to advance. I like, I, you know how high I've been on Utah all year. Sometimes I've had Utah in my top five in my, ter, uh, my turning ten rankings. I think Stephen F. Austin's a really bad draw for Utah. They rebound the ball. They play really good defense. They're very big in the front line. And I think that's a problem. And Utah, who is not one of those teams that struggles to score. I feel like, I feel like we've been saying that a lot over the last couple of years. Stephen F. Austin can score, too. And I think that's a problem. I think Stephen F. Austin, another 12-5 upset, beats Utah and advances. Georgetown, year in and year out, the last few times they've been in the tournament, no matter who they play, whether you thought that team could beat them or not, they've lost in their first game in the tournament. A lot of people are picking Eastern Washington based on past history in the last few years. I think this year Georgetown doesn't have a problem. I think they despite the fact they're very young, I think Georgetown is, is very skilled and I think that it's too talented to lose to Eastern Washington. That's not a knocking Eastern Washington. They're not bad, but I think Georgetown's just matches up well with them. I think Georgetown advances, although who knows, they might get a scare there. Um or they could always write us down again too. Who knows? SMU, UCLA, we've all talked about UCLA a lot tonight. I don't think UCLA is, is, has any right to be in this game. SMU defensively defensively is, is too talented. Rebounding-wise, is too talented. I think they beat UCLA. Well, I think it'll be an ugly game. I don't know if they'll beat UCLA by a lot, but it'll be an ugly game. Um, and I'm picking Iowa State to easily beat UAB in that 3-14 matchup. Iowa-Davidson, Iowa to me has been a very up-and-down team. Davidson started down, kind of rose up. I like Davidson a lot. Um, offensively, I think they might be a little too much for Iowa, who tries to pride itself on defense, even though you look at them and they look more like an offensive team. But I don't I, – I, you know, I think Davidson's is too tough for Iowa. I think they advance. Gonzaga, North Dakota State, this is another 15-2 matchup that I would keep an eye on. North Dakota State, while well, not as good as they were previous years, is still a a very good team. I think they could give Gonzaga problems if Gonzaga does not come out offensively and do a good job. If they don't score the ball enough, they could have a problem in this game, and they have to hit the boards. They have to rebound, or they're going to be in trouble. This is a 15-2 game I would keep an eye on, along with the Virginia-Belmont game. I do think Gonzaga will outlast North Dakota State, but I think that could be quite the scare for them. All right, Duke-San Diego State. Duke, I think, advances easily in that game too good. Stephen F. Austin, Georgetown I think is a really interesting game. Both teams rebound the ball well. Defensively, I think they'll go after it. I think Stephen F. Austin can, I think Stephen F. Austin will squeak by. Georgetown a very close one. Uh, SMU, Iowa State. I think Iowa State, even, though, even if SMU is a really good defensive team and a rebounding team, I don't think they have the kind of skill that Iowa State has on offense. i see seen Iowa State score on really good defensive teams. I mean, I just think they're too good too talented, and they scored the ball too efficiently. I pick Iowa State easily over SMU. Davidson-Gonzaga, a really good game. I think Davidson matched up well with Gonzaga. And, and I think in a really close game, I think the matchup being even, in my mind, between Davidson and Gonzaga, I think Davidson squeaks by here because I think that Gonzaga is going to be kind of surprised, taken aback by that. And we haven't seen Gonzaga really challenged this year, except for in their game against Arizona, which they lost. So I think that will be a determining factor. Davidson has been challenged. I picked Davidson to outlast Gonzaga in advance. Duke, Stephen F. Austin. Duke just has too much for Stephen F. Austin. I think they advance pretty easily. I think Stephen F. Austin's run ends there. Iowa State, Davidson. Iowa State just scores the ball too efficiently, too offensively talented. They advance past Davidson. Duke-Iowa State, a really, really good offensive matchup, I'll say that. Um, Duke defends better than they do, but I think the problem is this game being a track meet, you have to think, no matter how conditioned Duke is and how it hasn't shown itself yet, at some point it will show itself that Duke is only seven deep. Iowa State's only a, a, a little deeper, but they have played the style they play all year. Duke sometimes hasn't had to do that. Um, and not for multiple games in a row or multiple games in a few-day period. I think, I think Duke will get run down a little bit against Iowa State, and I think that will be the key in an Iowa State upsetting Duke and advancing to the Final Four. So I pick Iowa State to come out of the South, despite
1: my Duke fandom. Mike, go. All
0: right, here we go. Duke's gonna come out come out of that first round game with whoever
3: is, whoever they're playing it doesn't matter. San Diego State, Saint John's. Look, I'm always biased towards Saint John, so I'm going to take them. Uh, but San Diego State that that could happen. Utah, Stephen F. Austin. Everybody's high on Stone Cold Steve Austin there. I I took Utah because I I, I like Utah. But I could see Stephen – I could agree with you, Brian. I think Stephen F. Austin could end up as going as far as the Sweet 16. Georgetown-Eastern Washington is a trap game. Not because Eastern Washington is good, because Georgetown usually sucks in the first weekend and the tournament in general. Um, SMU-UCLA. UCLA doesn't deserve to be there. So I'm taking Southern Methodist, Iowa State over UAB, Davidson over Iowa. And Gonzaga over North Dakota State. So that leaves me with Duke-St. John's. I think not having their center is going to hurt St. John's tremendously, so I'm taking Duke, even though that could be a game. Utah-Georgetown. I'm taking Utah because eventually Georgetown's going to crap a brick. Um, SMU-Iowa State. Iowa State's too good. Gonzaga-Davidson. I think Davidson can win this game. I took Gonzaga. Uh, But Davidson could definitely win this game. That brings me to Duke, Utah. I have Duke over Utah. I have Iowa State over Gonzaga, because Gonzaga eventually their suckitude will show through. So that brings me to Duke, uh, let's see, Iowa State, and screw Duke, I took Iowa State. So I have Iowa State. Hopefully, they don't get blown. Hopefully, they don't get uh, uh, upset. to have them in the Final Four. Okay.
2: All right. So, now we go to the Final Four, which will be in Indianapolis, April 4th through the 6th, obviously. And a ma- what in my mind will be the matchup of the tournament if we get it, Kentucky-Wisconsin. You know, Kentucky... And Wisconsin, in a lot of ways, mirror each other, except for Kentucky has more depth in Wisconsin. Both teams, offensively and defensively, are amazing. Uh, the matchup is, is, is really, really, really balanced. To me, the difference is this. Kentucky, in my mind, if they're challenged, they might be challenged only once on the way to the Final Four, and that might be by Maryland. And that – and you, you – Add to that the fact they didn't get challenged at all in conference play except for that first week when they were against teams that were nowhere near as good as Kentucky didn't particularly maybe take them seriously. I don't know. Kentucky wouldn't have been challenged in about three, four months of games. I think Wisconsin will challenge them, and I think that will be where we will really have to see how Kentucky handles it. And in and, and a Final Four situation with a perfect season on the line, I'm thinking the pressure will be a little bit too much, causing them to get out of their element a little bit. Wisconsin's poised, they're experienced, they've all been together for a while. Chemistry-wise, they're amazing. And the one thing they have, especially if Trayvon Jackson plays, which I don't know if he is, but if he plays, then they're even better. Frank Kaminsky, to me, very much like Dirk Nowitzki, very hard to guard. He will post up on you. If he can't get the post, he'll go out and shoot a three. Very multidimensional, almost unguardable. That, to me, is the difference. I think Wisconsin, in a classic, beats Kentucky and advances to the title game. And then Villanova-Iowa State, that would be a very offensive game. I think the key, though, is Villanova much better defensively than Iowa State. And they will not be a team that – because Villanova does have a little bit more on the bench than Duke does. Villanova will not be a team that will be exhausted by the Iowa State style. I think Villanova defensively can grind things out a little bit. I think they can impose a little bit more will on Iowa State than Duke can, especially since they're playing the biggies. I think Villanova beats Iowa State in a, probably a close one and advances to the title game to play Wisconsin, which will be a really good matchup. But I think Wisconsin with Frank Kaminsky, again, Frank Kaminsky I think is really unguardable but, and given his talent, given the way he plays, and given his athleticism and length. I think Frank Kaminsky, once again, the key in Wisconsin, outlasting Villanova and
1: beating them in the championship game. I'm going with a 70-65 to 65 score. Mike. All
0: right, so I have Wisconsin and Kentucky. Honestly, I think this is the game that Kentucky loses. However, I took Kentucky.
3: Um, to, because I think if they refocus, they actually listen to Calipari and his NBA goals, they could probably beat Wisconsin. This is going to be a very very close game. I took Kentucky, and another bracket. But I actually took Wisconsin. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Villanova, Iowa State, sixth Villanova. So that leaves me with Kentucky and Villanova. I uh, look. I think Villanova is an excellent matchup for Kentucky. In this tournament, in this bracket, I took Kentucky. Like I said, I stuck with 70-55. to 55. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, in another bracket, I took Villanova. So that's kind of – if Villanova and Kentucky both get there, I expect both of them – I expect at least Villanova to get to the championship game. And if you Villanova gets there, they can win. And they can win and they they can beat anybody else who gets in there. That's if Villanova gets to the final four. Kentucky is the favorite. And Wisconsin Wisconsin can beat Kentucky. I'm taking Kentucky in this bracket. But then like most of my other ones I'm taking Villanova because I'm a fan. So make that as you will.
2: Okay. So, Mike, in this particular bracket, takes Kentucky. I take Wisconsin. So far, it seems to be generally everybody's picking Kentucky, but the few that I haven't seen pick Kentucky generally seem to be picking Wisconsin um, or Duke. Duke's like the third choice, I think, um, which makes sense. Um, I, think four, I think Arizona's been taken in a few that I've seen. We'll see what happens. I think I'm really hoping it'll be a good tournament. I'm really hoping despite everything, um, like I said, it being a little easier in some ways to pick some of these early matchups, I'm hoping that that doesn't mean we're going to get you know, all chalk or nothing compelling about these tournaments, particularly the first couple of days, which are always the best. This, Thursday through Sunday is the best of the tournament, always. First four days, that's, that's the tournament. After that it it's it's you know, it's all about the diehard fans more or less. The mainstream cares about the first four days for the most part. Uh Jeff Tech is gonna do a bracket, but we're not gonna go through it. Um Mike he will be submitting to our league, he's told me. Um so he will be submitting, so we'll know what his picks are and we'll obviously update you on my picks, Mike's picks, Jeff Tech's picks, Justin will be in it, his picks throughout we're also doing NIT brackets, I'm not gonna go into that tonight, but we'll let you all know how we do and all that good stuff. Um as we go along here over the course of the tournaments over the next few weeks. Um also I want you all you know, since we obviously we're only be doing really one show a week where we cover the NCAA tournament, at least for this this week and next week. For instant reaction to anything that happens in the tournament, you can check out my, uh, the Facebook page for our show, as well as my own personal Facebook page. Check out my Twitter, which I will be updating. I didn't do as much this weekend because of everything that happened, but, um, but I will be updating Twitter with my reactions to some of the games, some of the things that go on in the tournament over the, the course of the weekend. So look out for that. Um, you can get coverage there. And obviously the next Tuesday show we'll talk about the games that have taken place in detail and all that stuff. So, so, on tournament Covers is basically our focus for the next few weeks. With that being said, we are done for tonight. The show is over, but that does not mean you have to stop submitting feedback or topic ideas related to sports, entertainment, wrestling, breaking news items related to sports, entertainment, or wrestling. I make sure we cover suggestions about the show, um, questions about the show, and show scheduling. Any of those things you can you can send in to us anytime you wish via email, Facebook, and Twitter. Email for our show, itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, itspotlightbg at gmail.com. My email as well as the show's. And remember to put in the subject writing email some idea what the email is about. Just label it if it's feedback or a a scheduling question or a topic. Just label it so we know what it is, helps us out. We also encourage you to follow us and tweet us, at itspotlightbg. Again, it's at itspotlightbg. That's my Twitter handle as well as the show's. And please remember to use the hashtag, Hashtag IT Spotlight. Again, it's hashtag IT Spotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. And to find us on Facebook, just use our full show title in your search, in the Spotlight Brian Garner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page, and then go ahead and post whatever it is you'd like to post. I, encourage, I, I remind you all, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, email, if you post or send something, Jeff Tech or myself will see it. Don't worry if we don't reply back or use or mention or acknowledge whatever you post or send on the show just can't possibly use or mention everything or reply back to everything or acknowledge everything. We take turns. I assure you we see everything that's sent and posted. No worries. We also encourage you to uh, to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest information about our show, especially as it relates to scheduling, especially this week and next week when we're probably having Friday shows and we don't really have a set time. You might want to really pay attention to Facebook and Twitter for information on that on Friday because that's if we're going to have shows when we have uh, shows, second shows these next two weeks, that's when they're going to be. Obviously, I already confirmed that for Friday. Um, but if you, need, if you don't follow us on Facebook and Twitter, check us out on our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. Search for us using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And that will give you access to information about our show, show scheduling, access to all the episodes since our move to TalkShoe, which are all in the archive at the bottom of the page, labeled with dates, times, numbers, and episode descriptions for you. You can also check out our most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner of the show page. Just click on the play icon, and that episode will play for you. Get all episodes in the archive in order from most recent to the others. If you want episode descriptions for any of the episodes in the archive or in the most recent episode box, just click on the I next to each episode that gives you a full description. Also, keep in mind, I schedule shows no earlier than a half hour at the earliest before showtime. When I do that, two things happen on the main show page. The countdown clock appears under the most recent episode box, counting down to our next show. And an upcoming episode listing appears above the episode archive at the bottom of the page, giving you all the information about our next episode, including, once again, a show description that you you get if you click on the I next to the listing. It will give you the full description for that show. So when you see those things, you know we're definitely having a show. You know when it's going to be, you know everything you need to know about it. So that's why the main show page is very helpful to you, in addition to also helping you in catching up on episodes that you may have missed, like if we have to do a special show like we're doing on Friday, and you have to check it out on Archive. Obviously, the main show page is very helpful to you in that regard. So make sure you check out our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. We also encourage you to check us out on our second home, Libsyn.com, and it's Libsyn.com. Search for us using our full show title in the spotlight. We Brian Garner, and then once you find our show page over there, scroll down, you'll find all of our most recent episodes of our show in order from most recent to the oldest, labeled with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. Find the episode you want, click on it, and it will be all yours to listen to and at your leisure. So if you want to check us out over there on LibsIn.com, we encourage you to do so. Again, we're over there on Libsyn.com, our second home. You can also check us out on our original home, our first home, blogtalkradio.com, and it it's blogtalkradio.com. Search for us using the full show title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our old show page, scroll down, you'll find all of our original 31 episodes, the first first 31 episodes ever of our show are on there, in order from the most recent date to the oldest, at the bottom of our main show page over there, ready with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. Check out... Well, Whatever episodes you want, check them out over there. You can listen to them anytime you wish, feel nostalgic, or maybe you've never even listened to them before. Whatever the case, if you want to listen to those episodes, check us out over there on blogtalkradio.com, and it's blogtalkradio.com. You can also check us out on iTunes, Mike.
3: iTunes, search for In the Spotlight, Brian. You're going to subscribe,
2: download, and support us. Listen to us. Enjoy us on iTunes. Thank you. I want to thank Jeff Tech for being here tonight. As always, thank you, Jeff Tech. I want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. And
3: if you really want to find out more about the NCAA, John Oliver from last week tonight with John Oliver uploaded a very informative video mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube.
0: It's 20 minutes. It is worth watching. Let me tell you what.
1: Agreed. Okay. Um and thank myself for our great show. Pat myself
2: on the back and thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening. That's it for tonight. We got our next show. We are having a second show. It will be Friday morning. Right now, again, I'm leaning towards 10:30, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, somewhere in there. We'll, again, it'll just be the box office beat and any and any entertainment news that we have to cover, like important. Either we feel we have to cover it if you submit to me, we'll cover it. Otherwise, that's it. Nothing else. No sports covers, no nothing. We'll keep it short and sweet. That's going to be Friday morning again between some, somewhere around 10, 30, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. That is our next show. It will be an entertainment show. And after that, the, the next show after that will be next Tuesday in our normal time slot, Tuesday night broadcasting live here on TalkShoot, 8 o'clock from Eastern time. It'll be once again another pretty much, I guess, as of right now, it'll be an all sports show covering the NCAA tournament. Look back at all the games over the last week, any major storylines, cetera. We'll go over all that next week. Bracket updates, all that good stuff. So that's what's coming up. Until all that, I hope you all have a great rest of your night. Hope you enjoy the rest of your St. Patrick's Day. And stay safe, enjoy, and. I hope you enjoy when, your Wednesday and your Thursday. We'll see you for our next show at some point Friday morning, probably around 10, 30, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, for entertainment show, Box Office Beat Entertainment News, coming at you Friday morning here on Talk Show. Check out our main show page, Facebook and Twitter for that information to confirm it. Um, and if you have to listen to an archive, we'll, see you all, we'll check you all out in there. Um, so that's the way it's going to work. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you again for our next show Friday morning here on Talk
0: Shoe. Until then, have a good night, everybody.